Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast, where I talk about Native American issues that are currently happening and relate to the tribes that we've been talking in our class about. And this week, I wanted to talk about uh, some issues, um, one more so than the others, that are affecting the Passamaquoddy tribe. And uh, the biggest issue so far that I have found, because there's always multiple things going on, um, which is really interesting to see just how much is really there um, in the news about these tribes, um, regardless of how big they are, because they are relatively small, um, secluded places. But the Passamaquoddy tribe... Um, is dealing right now with unclean water, which they haven't had clean water in 40 years at least. Um, According to an article from The Beacon, um, the Passamaquoddy Reservation hasn't been able to have clean water in over 40 years. And on windy days, the water that comes out of the taps in Passamaquoddy Reservation homes in Pleasant Point is ground... Uh, is brown, greenish, yellow color. Um, And on some days, it can be black. And that is astounding. And when I read this article, it made me look more into water laws and um, thinking that, you know, clean water was supposed to be something that everyone had here. I realized that it's not a federal law, and it isn't something upheld on an international level. Um, Looking into it, I found that while the United States does not recognize or implement a right to water under international law, the United States does recognize water rights in various contexts um, in domestic law. And these rights can be held by individuals and private entities. or the government, but they are legally complex and are primarily governed at the state level. So that's important when talking about this issue because this is taking place in Maine. And Maine has a very unique uh, relationship with the Passamaquoddy tribe, which I'll get into. But this community, um, they've tried to fix this issue in the past numerous times, uh, yet little has changed. In Pleasant Point and their neighboring communities which also don't have clean water for um, most of the year. Um, what bars this from happening uh, from them being able to get clean water is the unique legal arrangement between Maine and the tribes of uh, the Wabanaki Confederacy including Passamaquoddy. Uh, for generations the tribal governments in Maine have been prevented from controlling their own natural resources on tribal lands, much like the Mi'kmaq tribe in Canada, who were fighting for the right to control their own resources in the podcast from last week. They were fighting over fishing rights. Now, this week, we're fighting over the right to clean water. Um, And a group of Passamaquoddy leaders renewed their efforts to work with local, state, and federal officials to try and resolve some of these problems. Um, such as the rural district's lack of funds and 
jurisdictional restrictions tied to limitations on tribal sovereignty, which is the issue with Maine itself. Um, but as far as the water goes, why it's such a problem, um, it is unclean, but this happened far, far before, um, right now, um, even before the 40 years when, um, the past water company was taken over, um, people still wouldn't drink the water. They knew something was wrong with it. Um, the public water supply to Pleasant Point, uh, is provided by the Passamaquoddy Water District right now, PWD. It was formed by an emergency act in Maine legislation in 1983 to take over operations of the failing Eastport Water Company. Um, the previous water company was already failing and people would, weren't drinking the water back then. The one that took over isn't any better. Um, the act from 1983 reads that the present water system is inadequate and in need of immediate improvement and repair to protect the quality of water service. An adequate supply of pure water is essential to the health and well-being of the customers of the Eastport Water Company. Um, and Pleasant Point residents, um, I mean, were always skeptical, but the contamination wasn't officially recognized until the 1974 Federal Safe Drinking Water Act. The act required water utilities nationwide to increase testing and monitoring. And uh, the tests that came out right after were very alarming. Um, but today, the water quality violations are continued by the company that took over. I'd say the most alarming violation of um, the federal drinking water laws is the level of total trihalomethanes in the drinking water and they exceed federal drinking water standards substantially. And trihalomethanes, or THMs, um, are uh, particles in the water, um, and that, well, basically, the people who drink water that are contaminated, um, that is contaminated with THMs in excess of the maximum contaminant level over the years could experience level of uh, could experience sorry liver kidney and central nervous system problems and an increased risk of cancer uh, thm is it in skin contact with undiluted chloroform may cause a burning sensation redness and blistering acute effects of exposure to other thms are not documented in literature but are expected to be similar to chloroform um and THMs are amongst the most dangerous chemical compounds that find their way into water supplies. They are environmental pollutants and considered carcinogenic. They are used in the industry as solvents or refrigerants. And, <laughs> I mean, if anyone knows anything about those, they know you absolutely do not get that on your skin. Um, it burns. And to have that in water is... It's crazy in the amount that it is. Um, and if you look at pictures of the water in the article, um, people filling up their pool with the water supplied from PWD, it is very distinctly yellow. It looks like urine. Um, some of it is brown, and a lot of it is just plain yellow with a tinge of green. Um, I mean... 
a lawyer and member of the Passamaquoddy tribe has said that the same circumstances that prompted the legislators' emergency action in 1983, 40 years ago, are applicable to today, and that engineers that have looked at the issue generally agree that PWD is failing in the same way that the previous company was failing. Um, the odor as well as the discoloration, though common in the community for tap water, um, it can also get even worse. It can be brown and black. Um, it was reported in June 16th that a power outage suspended activity at the PWD plant and multiple residents reported black and brown water pouring into their sinks. And the discoloration is um, explained by windy and wet weather periods where the shallow lake where the water comes from uh, stirs up bottom sediments, causing the reservoir's water quality be to be uh, cloudy and contain high levels of dissolved organics, or DOC. And DOC in uh, drinking water can lead to aesthetic problems, um, like the discoloration noter, but it can also increase the potential for bacterial regrowth in the distribution system. Um, DOC, dissolved organic carbon and materials, is soil, algae, plant matter, and bacteria. And it is those high levels of DOC that, when treated by chlor chlorine, release THMs, um, the carcinogenic um, very, very unhealthy um, chemicals in the water. So, all of this happening, um, the town has tried to dig wells, the town is really pushing, especially in this pandemic, um, which has made clean water essential and almost impossible to get at the same time. And people need this fresh clean water to bathe in, to drink, and they can't guarantee that the water coming through the faucet can do any of that. Um, I mean, there's also problems with the PWD due to the small population of the customer base. Um, uh, the problem there is that um, the revenue is insufficient to fund the kind of infrastructure upgrades that could resolve the, these issues. And um, you would, it would cost about 10 to $20 million to fix all of this, and that sort of money you can only get from Congress. And here's where Maine law comes into play is um, that most tribal governments in the U.S. have the ability to regulate and permit use of water resources on tribal lands without state government oversight. Um, they have the right to manage their own resources. Well, in Maine, the Passamaquoddy tribe does not. Um, the Pleasant Point tribal government recently dug a well to be equipped with a pump on tribal lands in an effort to provide immediate relief to residents most impacted by the dirty water. But because Maine requires permitting process for such a will, it's said to take months to do this. And Pleasant Point residents say that with a historic drought this summer, they need water right now. Um, especially with things not looking any better, but the lack of autonomy to access it is um, causing just um, problem after problem. I mean, uh, schools also are not accessible to clean water and are given bottled water in its place. And a new school was recently constructed 
and with a well dug to provide the new facilities water fountains and kitchen with groundwater, but state regulations again have prevented the tribal government from independently testing and permitting that well. And so they are not able to use that groundwater for the time being, or maybe never. Um, groundwater is not within their jurisdiction, which is crazy to think about. Um, that the easy solution, which is right there for them, um, they legally cannot do, even if they had the money for it. So, at least right now, the government is trying to work with them, but, I mean, there's always the concern that um, the community has that um, these things are going to take way too long to actually have any impact, and uh, tribal Leaders believe that the passage um, could, I mean, while it could be the solution that they need with everything happening right now, the severity of the situation prompting immediate action, um, they're worried also that there could be slow um, and small changes being made instead of the big impact that they want, which are feel-good options, feel-good solutions that don't actually work in the long run. Um, so that's a huge issue in itself. Um, but on a more positive note, uh, some things that are going on in the community right now is that a lot of artifacts were actually returned to Wapanaki nations from main museums through the Repatriation Act. Um, there were objects in museums which were, um, grave robbed and put in museums for um, study purposes and the tribes um, demanded that they were put back into their rightful places um, and so after much deliberation the museums actually offered to return the entire collection but the Wabanaki nations didn't want to do that they wanted to um, have the collection be respectful and a place where they could go themselves, like a home away from home. So they took what was considered insensitive and funerary objects um, that were to be returned to their uh, natural resting grounds and graves and left the rest, which I thought was really cool and a class act, really, um, that uh, they handled the situation so well and that they wanted the artifacts kept for people to learn and to continue viewing the collection in a way that was respectful to their culture and wasn't just um like it was a it was a compromise I'm going to say it wasn't just one or the other they didn't keep the whole thing um, but they didn't get rid of it all so you can still see the collection and Americans are happy with it everyone um, wins so I thought that situation was handled really well, and I think that that might set a precedent for other collections or other museums that may do the same thing in review of the pieces that they have. Um, and lastly, uh, another news reporting station, WGME, reports that a Native American basket maker Geo Neptune, a resident of Indian Township, is now the first openly transgender person to be elected to public office in Maine. Um, Neptune, who uses the pronouns they-them, is a two-spirit artist and educator, they say. 
Uh, Neptune is also a member of the Passamaquoddy tribe. And, um, yeah, someone, um, always there for transgender rights is, um, I think it's really cool. Um, I'm really surprised and happy for them at the same time. Uh, I don't know actually any of their policies or who they are, um, which I think is always something to think about in politics, but, um, regardless, I mean, having a transgender person in a, uh, successful place, um, able to, uh, do what they want and be open about who they are, I think is great. Um, and for the tribe to be so accepting of them as well, because it's also stated that they've had a lot of support from their tribe, which, uh, is also really cool. Uh, great thing to see and a bit of happy news in comparison with a lot of um, what we've seen. So that's it for news this week. Thank you for listening.